The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil for them. But the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was, no long, was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight there was a cry, Behold the bridegroom, come out and meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, for there may not be enough for us and you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. While they went off and bought to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards, the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore, stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning on this Veterans Day weekend. Good morning to all of you. You can say good morning, it's okay. Good morning. I want to do something a little different today and also calling out to those who are watching via live stream. I would like to start this homily by asking all our veterans to please stand. All veterans, please stand. Veterans. Online too. Okay, I'm gonna ask the veterans to come up here and give the homily. No, that's not fair. But I think at the heart of the homily, every veteran, every veteran who has served, or in a special way on these days, our hearts and minds should go out to those men and women that are on some remote outpost in another part of the world, maybe been up all night long pulling some form of security, some, some form of safety for others that are in their unit. One thing every veteran knows and has experienced, independent of their branch of service, all veterans in their time of service knew the importance of and the necessity of staying awake. Staying awake, of being vigilant. I'm yet to meet a veteran that hadn't had to do uh, duty at night, CP duty, command post duty, some kind of duty where they had to stay awake. And yes, they stayed awake for themselves, but they also stood awake for those who they were there to protect and to help and to lead and to guide. It's independent of the rank, whether a private pulling duty or one of the top officers doing it. Everybody who served all veterans know at the heart what it 
costs and what it takes and what's at the heart of the motivation and the desire to stay awake. Vigilance. Vigilance. Just sharing one of the stories, which is kind of an extreme story of what it takes to stay awake. I just remember my time serving in the military as an infantry officer and going through ranger school. It's very hard to stay awake when you're out and you have one hour of sleep and you're getting one meal a day. And a buddy of mine sent me a picture yesterday just recalling that moment of when I graduated from ranger school and there I am with a friend of mine and we lost so much weight that my parents didn't even recognize us at graduation. Could count every single one of our ribs. You had to fight to stay awake. And one of the extreme things we did to stay awake and what was behind it was a motivation and desire, yes, personally, to get what later we would call love me badges, those honors. But then when you really get past the love me badge stage, it's all about me, you start looking left and right and say, it's not all about me. It's about me preparing to be the best leader that I can be in my time when it's time to lead, to lead every, everybody in the right way or to protect them in the right way. And so it was very hard at times to stay awake. In the desert, it gets very, very hot during the day and it gets very cold at night. And so the sand remains very warm. And when you're cold, you gravitate to what's comfortable and to what's warm. And the instructors would warn you not to do what they called the rucksack flop. When you got a 70 pound, pound ruck on your back, just to flop back like a recliner in that warm sand, it was a recipe for falling asleep. It was a recipe for drowsiness. So what do men and women do all over the world and have they done? Well, you, you find ways to get uncomfortable so that you can stay awake. Oftentimes in ranger school, before they had knee pads, everybody's got knee pads nowadays, you would kneel down in the sand and you have calluses and your knees would hurt and you'd change your knee. It was uncomfortable, but you stayed awake. And our little meals that we got, we got teeny little things of Tabasco sauce. You had a choice on how to use the Tabasco sauce. One was, you could put a drop of that Tabasco sauce on your tongue and dream about the steak you wish you could eat, which you weren't gonna get. But it's amazing what one drop of Tabasco sauce will do to fake out your body to think that you just got fed something. So it was a whole mental game. That's one way you could use it. Another way you can use it, and I do not recommend doing this at home, is a handful of us would take a little bit of Tabasco sauce, we were so motivated to stay awake, and you put it under your eyes, right here, because it makes your eyes water. Not in your eye, but under your eye. Makes your eyes water, as a way to stay awake. That's just a human way, when you think of vigilance, when you think of our veterans, and we, we, we cannot just bask in the glory and the opportunity to be able to come worship on a Sunday in a sense of freedom, in a sense of protection, if it wasn't for those men and women who have done what they did and what they're doing all over this country. We're grateful for that. All, all veterans have given some, some have given all. Some have given all. And why are we drawn to that when we see someone that's willing to go into harm's way and give it all, give it all, why are our hearts drawn to that? Well, because our hearts were created for that, because the one who ultimately models that and gave the ultimate all for all humanity 
even his enemies, was Jesus Christ when he went to the cross. He gave it all. And in the gospel today, he's saying to those in his time, telling a parable. And we talked about parables. Parables are like mirrors. They're like mirrors where we look into the mirror and we reflect on our own life. Jesus is not just telling the parable for those of that time. He's telling it for us today. And so if we were to cling to two words, two simple words to hold on to this week, maybe a call sign for the week, something to write down. If you want to write two letters, fine, if that helps you. I know one of our college students came up to me and said, hey, let's talk about our you know, letters and stuff. We had dinner with some of the Queens college students, right, this past week, right? And some of them I see out there right now, right there. They had a nice meal, and there were two letters. They were saying, hey, how do these letters work, right? So two letters help you. Write them down. S-A, stay awake. Stay awake. Our beloved Lord just did not just tell the parable and tell those to stay awake. He actually had to fight. He had to fight to stay awake in the desert when he didn't eat for 40 days and 40 nights. He had to fight to stay awake and encouraged his apostles to stay awake when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he sweat blood before going to the cross. He said, stay awake. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus Christ is inviting those he spoke to then and us now to stay awake. To stay awake in the faith. What can happen is, what can happen is, is we can kind of sleepwalk through our life, sleepwalk through the faith. It just becomes this kind of robotic approach to everything where, you know, what we do on Sunday and I'm not saying it's y'all's case. I'm just saying reflecting in my own life in a way. What we do on Sunday doesn't necessarily step into or impact our Monday. How quickly we can fall into like a drowsiness of the culture. A drowsiness of a society that would want in a certain way lead us away from all we experience on a Sunday. To stay awake, to be vigilant. To be able to carry the word of God from today into my Monday, into my board meeting on Wednesday, into my school on Friday, to my activities on Saturday. And then get that Tabasco sauce charge on Sunday. If it helps, I don't know. It's kind of a weak way of saying it here, right? But the idea of we need certain things to help us and we need each other. And what veterans heard and what our Lord did, our Lord, our beloved Lord could have done it all on his own virtually with Wi-Fi from heaven. But he chose to have a real presence and to come in. And he chose to surround himself by apostles. Think about it. When he's in his most weakest moment in the Garden of Gethsemane, he could have just said, I'm going to do it all on my own. But instead he goes back to him and he says, stay awake, stay awake. Then he goes back to pray. And he brought Peter and them forward and he says, stay awake with me, please, pray with me, I need you. What? We need each other. We need each other and to stay awake. And that's why a lot of times people say, well, Father, man, I mean, just appreciate all the enthusiasm. You're always excited and stuff like that. I, that's just me, that's just who I am. And it's just, every Sunday is a spiritual pep rally. It's a time to get fired up to say, what do I need to do? How can I encounter our Lord? How can I encounter our Lord with those around us? I don't know about you, but I get fired up when I see a Virginia in the front row at 101 years old. 
That fires me up. I get fired up when I see a mom or a parent doing all they can to bring their little ones and their kids and they're trying and maybe they're coming a little late and they're really doing They're living their mass outside trying to get there, even coming here right now. That fires me up. It fires me up to see a young adult who's maybe in college or out there. They're away from their family. They're away from their family and friends. And they come and they sit in the pew, maybe all by their lonesome and they're there. That fires me up. It fires me up when you got a little one right here in the third row waving at you. I'm waving at you too. That fires me up. He's like, the whole time he's waving. I gotta wave back because he's been waving the whole homily. <laughs> Which is okay. Isn't that what we want the little ones to do? We stay awake so they stay awake. They get excited about coming to the Mass like last week when I spoke about the, the child who was on the highway with their parent gripping that steering wheel all stressed out, looking down, all worried about everything. And we're called to look up. We're called to see how much our Lord is with us in creation and everything. And she's on the highway in the traffic and she starts to sing the Gloria that we sing at the beginning of the Mass. But she gave her own version of it. Glory to God in the highway. <laughs> Glory to God in the highest and the highway. Oh, wow. Those are ways that we can help each other stay awake in those little moments, those stress moments. I get fired up to think about married couples who are, the married couple who came up to me after the mass last night and came on was so excited and said, Father, Father, my husband and I did the marriage alpha course. It was awesome. It was so beautiful. It helped our marriage so much. We didn't have this in marriage prep. It taught us about problem solving and communicating and all that. And it stirs the flame anew. That's what the weekend experience should be. That's what a parish should be about. We're not all going to do the same things. We're not all going to be drawn in the same way. But we can help each other stay awake. Stay awake with our eyes on Christ. And to walk towards Christ and know the purpose of our life and the meaning of our life. And that we're going somewhere and not just go through life sleepwalking. Sleepwalking. And it's even better, I get more fired up when I hear of stories of people who run into people in their lives who are sleepwalking and they kind of wake them up and they bring them to an experience here at our parish. Maybe the Alpha program, maybe a Bible study, maybe a, a woman's walking with, with, with purpose, maybe a, a men's reflection that's going on at Sugar Creek Pub tomorrow night to go beyond our Sunday, to stay awake on our Sunday, but carry it into our Monday, carry it into the rest of the week. And to carry the living word of God. I'm just getting this homily started, man. Fired up. Just, whoa, there he goes. There he goes. I want to share with you a story of a young man. When uh, I had the grace of being a high school chaplain in Atlanta, Georgia. And the thing that's amazing, amazing, amazing about those years as being a chaplain is right now, we have parishioners in our parish right now. And I saw one young man come in with his wife. He's sitting somewhere back over there. So I saw him come in there with their third child. Had the grace of best, blessed, baptizing their three children. And I had the grace of being his high school chaplain. And to see him now living out his married life and with his children and, and, and doing his best to live the faith. It's awesome. So several years ago when I was a high school chaplain, um, I had the grace of meeting the students at different moments just to try to talk one-on-one. -on -one. So you had like maybe about 60 high school seniors. So what you tried to do in a very natural way, not in a plastic way, not in an artificial way, but a natural way, look for moments to be able to catch them at the right time, 
and just talk to them about their life. Because teenagers want to talk about their life. They want someone to listen to them. And so maybe it was in the lunchroom. Maybe it was driving a bus to a sporting event. Obviously, eyes on the road, but they'll talk to you behind, especially after the football team lost the game. They'll talk to you. And so to spend time with them and find them. And I remember one, one day I was talking to this ninth grader. We were kind of walking around. I think he was waiting for his parents to pick him up after school or whatever. And we're walking out in front of the school, just walking on the thing. And uh, I said, hey, man, how was your weekend? And he goes, oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. I said, really, what'd you do? Oh, it was great. My buddy came over on Saturday night and we stayed up all night long. We stayed up all night long. And I said, how'd you stay up all night long? Well, we each had a six pack of Coca-Cola. I don't recommend that, parents. I know parents are like, sugar, six pack of Coca-Cola. Okay, but what'd you do staying up all night Not long? Oh, we played this video game, Father. We played it and together we got the high score. And I'm like, really? Tell me about that high score. Tell me about that game. Isn't that the way Jesus did things on the road to Emmaus? He steps into people's lives and he's like, what are you talking about? Tell me about it. So the young man goes on and he's like, well, we did this and my friend was at my side and he was teaching me how to do it and we did and we worked together and boom, we got the high score. It was awesome and we stayed up till sunrise. And I said, that was Saturday night, right? And he goes, yeah. And I said, hey, how was Mass Sunday? And he goes, and he used the big B word that sometimes you hear. Father, mass is boring. I'm gonna be honest, I really don't like to go to mass. And I was like, in my heart, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. This is a golden moment. And where we can go wrong as church is we can turn to a young man like that or a young woman who's kind of struggling and go, no, you have to go. You have to do this. But instead, to ask the question that blew him away, huh, that's interesting you think that way. Why go? Why even go? You can sleep in and play video games later on in the day. He looked at me like, you're wearing the collar, you're the priest, and you're saying that to me? I said, I wanna know why go. And the answer came. Pause for a second, he goes, because it's a commandment. And if I don't go, I'm in this state. Okay? God's given us commandments, I understand that. But I said, have you ever thought about this? You stayed up all night long, you had your best friend at your side, you got the high score in that video game, and I'm gonna tell you something, the best friend at your side and my side for the rest of our life, always to our final breath, is Jesus Christ. Have you ever thought about going to Mass on a Sunday to encounter your best friend that wants you to get a high score in life? It's like, wow, I never, it was an aha moment. He never saw it as like that. And you could see a change. And you can see a motivation. You can see a desire. My brothers and sisters in Christ, here's, here's where we're going. Stay awake. We have to have the motivation and the desire. And it has to go beyond a commandment. It has to go who enters into a relationship out of obligation instead out of opportunity. To stay awake. I'm going to close with this. And it's an infomercial. It's a commercial. We have a program here at this parish 
that not everybody can do. Some have just done it recently, but it's coming up again in January. And, the, and it's not even a program, it's, a, it's an experience. And it's called Alpha. It's a stepping stone experience. You got a colleague at work or someone at, at, at your school or someone at your university or, or someone in your independent living who's struggling with life right now, invite them to Alpha. It's a meal, it's an opportunity to sit at table, it's a judge-free zone, you can open up the word of God and you can tap into God's love for you. It starts in January, there'll be opportunities to sign up. Obviously we can't take everybody and it signs up really quick. There's Alpha Marriage, if your marriage could use a little tune-up, if you didn't have a very good marriage prep and the tune-up could help you, problem solving, communication, love languages, all those stuff, there's alpha marriage too. There's opportunities for all of us to help each other with the help of God's grace simply to stay awake. Amen.